1: Hey there, WNBA Nation. This is Jason Snow, editor and co-host here of the show. Just wanted to orient everyone real quick. This is part two of an episode. So we originally recorded as a single episode our reactions to both of the first round games, but we ran a bit long. So this is part two. So in our first episode, which released earlier today, which I highly recommend listening to if you have not yet, we covered... Uh, the New York Liberty and the Phoenix Mercury, the game that they had, and then the lead-in between the Phoenix Mercury and the Seattle Storm, which is going to be happening round two tomorrow on Sunday. And now this episode is going to be a reaction to the Dallas Wings playing the Chicago Sky, and then obviously the lead-in between the Sky and the Lynx, which will be the round two game there, so... That's where this is. We're going to just jump right in because we're kind of cutting in halfway through an episode. So there's not going to be a whole introduction, introducing all the hosts and everything like we normally have. So with that being the case, let me just real quick remind you, if you want to connect with us, you can find us over on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. If you want to watch the show live, um, you can go over to twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. That's a great way to connect with us and also support the show if you are in a position to... Give a donation, subscribe, do any of those things that that really helps us with some of our operating costs, etc., etc. And if you want to wrap some cool merch, go over to wnbnation.storenv.com. I believe that's most of the plugs, so you can find the links to all those things in the description of the episode. And with no further ado, let me toss it over to my co-hosts. Seven, six,
2: five, four, three,
3: two,
1: one.
2: Hey
1: guys, this
4: is Liz Kambay. This is Nikki
2: Collins. What up guys? This is hey, this is Emani. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Dallas versus Chicago. Um, more or less, you know, obviously Chicago Sky 81, Dallas 64. I would venture to say that this game was a bit closer than the score admits, because there was a a real push right at the end that Chicago got. It was a five point game heading into the fourth. Dallas was making a run. It looked like they could keep things together. Um, Dallas just seems like that team that perennially will be one piece of like away. And then they get that piece and then there's still one piece (laughs) away somehow. Um, real quicksand situation, but it's a tough, it's a tough case there, but obviously a lot of, uh, the narratives here, uh, you know, Kalia copper, um, what it was just if any part she's of you at some, yeah. If any part of you at yeah. some point was like, Oh yeah, this is, you know, like was questioning all star nods and, and what she's yeah. been able to, uh, to accomplish this season. It's shut up time. She's made like, yeah, I agree with, I agree with Logan wholeheartedly. Like they have a lot of players. There've been so many great Chicago players the last couple of years. And we've had we played that like, but who's the star game and that it's becoming copper is a lot of fun.
4: Um, if you go back and listen to a lot of the regular season episodes, uh, I know there were several discussions that Logan and I had in particular about the fact that everybody's saying it's Candice's team or it's Courtney Vandersloot's team. Um, dude, this is Kalia. This is Kalia Copper's team. And it has been pretty much all season. And if you ask Candace Parker, Candace Parker is the first to admit it as well. Listen to what she said post game.
0: You know, I think um, you should be talking to Ka right now. Uh, Ka carried us energy, not just in the first quarter, but in the third quarter. And we couldn't get a stop. She was the one that kept us going. So honestly, I'm so proud of her. I mean, she's been doing it all season, but to see her do it in the playoffs and her energy, I mean, she just defensively, um, her and Sloot really finished it for
4: us. She said, "Y'all should be, y'all should be uh, yeah. interviewing Kalia. Yeah, like why are you talking to me? Talk to Kalia. You know, like, like but she's you the didn't one who get a
2: double double. By the way, like you weren't yeah, three assists yeah, so short yeah, exactly. of exactly. It's not, double. it's
4: not that Candace didn't have a, <laughs> like, a bad a game or anything. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think, I think one hundred percent is her team.
3: She's transcended being Chicago's future and now is like the future capital F in this league. Like, yeah, like Asia Wilson's going to be there." And, but Nigel going to be there and Kalia Copper is going to be there. Like those are names that you should just get used to. Um, which is really exciting because at the beginning of the year, when we were talking about how stacked the Chicago contender was, she was probably like fifth or sixth on the list. Yeah. Um, and now here she is showing out. So I she was, I was a, really, she was a great value pickup
2: that turned into the show. Like, and yeah. yeah. Super yeah,
3: awesome. I, I was really encouraged by her play in this game, but man, even in playoff victories that are like fairly definitive, they end up winning by what, like 17? Um when all of a sudden mm-hmm. that is closer than that. Like Steve said, there was like a six point game with five minutes, six minutes to go. Um, I'm still like not sold on this Sky team at all. Like I see their their <laughs> account, like their Twitter account is tweeting like there's no ceiling on this team, like sky victory, like we got you know, we won in the playoffs. And I'm like, I want to be happy for you, but like, I just don't trust you. Like, and I should, I should feel like, oh, like, I, I picked Chicago to win that game. I knew Candace Parker wouldn't let him lose at home. Yeah. Copper played well. Like they, they got a little scare from Dallas and then they put him away. Um, but Dallas is so young. Like Dal- Dallas had no business really being in this game at mm-hmm. all. And they still
2: kind of pushed him. And, and that's, maybe that's a credit that's to Dallas, the thing. but. I loved the way they structured this lineup. Um it coming into this, I liked the setup of the starting five. I like that you had um Dolson and Diamond as kind of the the 6 and 7 coming off the bench because it made it so all of your rotations had proper spacing. Everything was able to move smoothly and it looked like that was going to be the narrative through through the night after that first quarter. And then I think I messaged you guys and said like, Oh, I like, I forgot the Chicago sky. were going to remind me why I'm not allowed to praise the Chicago sky highly, because they they (laughs) found a way to let them back in when it really seemed like they were the driver's seat. There's an inconsistently consistency there. That is as a, as a fan of this squad and a big fan of so many of these players, one of our host daughters, it's their favorite players on the squad. It's frustrating when they put it in that situation, they were able to turn it into a 17 point win. I'm not sitting here and acting like this was an escapery thing, but uh, this thing could have been on ice at the half, and it just didn't feel that way.
3: Yeah, no. There, there are some serious red flags even in this. I mean, if you're first of all, if you're not watching on stream, you should be. It's super fun to watch the show as we record on stream. I'm wearing my sky hat. I'm showing support. I went all season <laughs> trying not to jinx them because I really thought this could have been their year. Over the course of the year, we saw some, you know, some troubling things. They started with that awful losing streak, and then they kind of came to themselves a little bit. I'm looking at the box score of this game, and it, it, like, I was hoping that if it, it was like better than I expected, because like I watched the game thinking, like, man, here they're not shooting particularly well; they don't look particularly good. But maybe the data says I'm wrong. How oh, they went four for 21 from beyond the arc. That's not going to get it done in the next round. You're not going to win a, a three-game, five-game series uh, with, mm-hmm. anything, with anything like that. And then they really benefited. And this, I, I didn't want to tweet this because I didn't want to sound like I was calling somebody out. But when you're a young team like Dallas, sometimes you have bad games. And Marina Mabry, I think, is the second biggest cog to making that team's offense go. And she just had a crappy game. Bad game and one for, a and horrible game. And, one and I'm sure eight. she'd be the first to admit it. I'm not trying yeah. to call her out. She just she didn't shoot well. She played 17 minutes. I think you could tell she was frustrated towards the end. And to me, that's like that's the difference between Dallas a year or two from now and Dallas now. Is if they're making that push in the fourth quarter, where like I said, I think seven minutes left. It's like 55 to 61. You're technically right. you're two possessions away from offing this Chicago team that. They're at home. You probably shouldn't even be that close. You need Mabry to be there for you. Like you you can't just have a Riki out there shooting 30 shots and hoping that enough of them fall. And through this season, there have been like, there have been times where Soboli would step up and hit some big shots. Mabry would step up and hit some big shots and they would win close games. We saw them beat Seattle in overtime early in the season with, with games like that. And it just sucks that they don't have the consistency or, or the, the experience yet to be able to do that. You, you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, Steve, that like they're always a piece away. They kind of keep losing their pieces so they never get to enjoy the fruits yeah. of, of, you yeah. know, like they didn't get to enjoy Liz um, being what she is now and, you know, other, other players have been good and they've left. Their team is now entirely consisting of like first and second year players. And if they can hold on to enough of them, I think you get to be more consistent and Mabry gets to step up and hit some shots in that fourth quarter. And maybe this is a, a much closer game. down
2: the Yeah, so, I think it's, just, it's too soon for them. The way they set this lineup really frustrated me. Um, you know, yes. if I, if I take over as a GM for the wings, I sit, uh, you know, I, I sit Vicky down and I say, I never want to see Satu Savli off of the bench ever again. I don't understand. <laughs> 22 minutes. Five for 10. Yeah, that's still 50%. But yeah, you miss five shots early. I get that. Um, but that's a player that's playing 30 points a night. I don't understand why she's not a mainstay of your starting five. Kayla Thornton and Bella Allery, for various reasons, I'm not trying to de-justify it, but we're seemingly non-factors out of that starting five. Also, I like Alicia Gray starting in that backcourt. Why is she only taking five shots? Did none of you <laughs> watch three X three Olympics? This is someone that that's a great point should be given a lot more opportunities. If Mabry's looking cold, why is Grena also in your arsenal? The other side of it, I, I sent this over to you guys. I, I came into the season pretty critical of Rik. I've turned a lot on that opinion. Um, I understand a lot of what she's going through. I think my frustration is not with It's It's how Dallas uses her in not putting her in in situations where she excels, and one of the biggest things was for good to say, can we stop doing this spot contested three thing of that's how we respond when the other team scores is hope that she chucks one and that it works because it's clearly your system. I sent you guys the Phil from Hercules line of like, can you quit the head slicing thing? (laughs) Like it's clearly not working. Get her to the hole. She's either going to score. She's going to get to the line. We've seen that happen. Or she's going to find an open outlet that's getting Gray her shots. That's getting Jefferson the shots. that's getting Izzy Harrison opportunities. It's probably going to get Mabry more open looks than she's getting. It helps that entire system in so many ways. I don't know that they're fully confident in their, in how they're handling the personnel and they need to really introspectively sit down and overthink it. I worry that Dallas is overthinking Sabley Similar to how Indiana has overthought Tierra McCowan and it just kind of has to stop. She's a mainstay yeah. part of that team and it needs to move. And that's on top of everything you said about Mabry. Like she had it off night. She had a very off night. It's but that's night. another one yeah. of like lean in, let that confidence play a role and see what happens. And just, yeah, I, I agree with you on the experience thing. I think they need kind of a locker room leader somewhere in that pace. Um, you know, Your, uh, I'm not saying this exact person, but like your Candice Dupree level type player who can be there to yeah. be a guiding She was the into. one available
3: this last year. There, there are some studs available in free agency this year. We we will have plenty of time in the off season to talk about that. But if you go out and get, you know, if, if you know, there are going to be some teams that decide they're going to head towards rebuild and not sign their, their veterans that are making lots of money. Dallas is in a position where they can throw that money at somebody. So you might see uh like I don't think Minnesota would ever let this happen, but like Sylvia Fowles is an unrestricted free agent. Like like there's gonna be names in the in the offseason that maybe you can be like, hey, come cement this team together. I mean you know, be good.
2: who you have a you have a frustrated Tina Charles right now that might not mind playing with some young Hoopers. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. she also is really driven to try and get a ring, so I don't know if she'll feel like Dallas is the place for that. But maybe if pairing with Enrique and, and and having a, a real like monster front court with Satu, like maybe. Um but it's it's frustrating because we saw some of the most fun basketball out of this Dallas team this season. Some of the most they were the fun. Best. <laughs> Some of the most fun regular season games this year came out of Dallas. Win or lose. Uh, they they made a lot of games more interesting than they had any right to be. And it's like they need to start rewarding those efforts with wins. It's time. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's kind of that case of you kind of need to do what you need to do. So I, I'm really intrigued with where they take it. I don't know that they're going to make much of a splash in the offseason as much as figure out how we can support all of these, these names and abilities. And also just, are we truly magnifying the level of talent we have? Um, I think like queer is another one that I think, like I expect to see more investment in, in her potentially after, after the off season. Like, I wonder if her finally yeah. getting some legs under her, like that may pick up as well. So there's a lot yeah, of unspoken mystery of rookie
3: jail. Which yeah. like all WNBA teams draft these rookies, and they're like, "Oh, we're so excited! We got the player we wanted." And then they just like tell them to sit down and shut up for thirty games. Drives me crazy. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's one too. That's just like I think there's some some unleashedness there that could work. Um, and there's a couple of of youngs that they're just gonna have to cut loose. Like it's there. I'm very interesting with what decisions they make because I feel like when it comes to what Dallas could change, very few names on this roster are safe. Um, and yeah. it's intriguing. They could go a lot of different directions. Um, and we'll see how hard I throw something at the wall, uh, or jump in the air. I'm I'm excited to see where they take it, but let's talk Chicago heading to Minneapolis. We get, we have a chance at the D Sue. We're going to be getting Candace sill again, freaking again. Uh, these two are destined <laughs> to do this forever the most unspoken player on player rivalry in WNBA history. I love that when these two clash, they don't necessarily always jot each other, but you can tell that the history you know what the perfect example of is Creed two, when Rocky and Drago have the stare off outside the ring, right before the fight, and that one quick moment, no words. And they just look at each other and you feel all the history those two characters have had throughout these films. That's, that's Candace and Sil whenever they look at each other. It's like, we go back. <laughs> uh, I, uh, this, this has the potential to be a really fun matchup. Of course, it comes down to what Chicago we're going to see. I think we know what Minnesota we're going to see because they tend to bring out that product pretty consistently. Uh, what's, our, <laughs> what's, uh, what's the storyline for you guys coming into this matchup? Uh, for me, it's... There's a
3: quote that's been echoing in my mind ever since she said it, and it's when Coach Reeve said, "I don't think a lot of people are picking us like as contenders this year." She said it about middle of the season, I think it was even before the Olympic break, and like it wasn't even in like a like a ticked off way. It wasn't like give us some respect. It was just like, "All right, if that's the horse you want to bet on, we'll we'll just make sure you lose." Like, <laughs> yeah. and ever since then, they've they've pretty much proven their point. I am. Just as scared of Minnesota now as I was throughout the season. I have lots of questions about Chicago's consistency. I don't like that they didn't shoot the three well. I don't like that they turned the ball over. They've got like the greatest assister of all time leading their team at the guard position and still only had 19 total assists tonight in like a game where they scored a lot of points. They're not moving the ball as well. I have a hard time finding a way through Chicago to win this game. I mean, outside of Candace Parker just giving us like a I'm Candace Parker, performance, which is always in the cards. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's weird because you look at the rosters and you feel like there's, there's no way that Chicago doesn't have the best player in this game. And in a single elimination, that's usually all that matters, but I'm not picking against Minnesota. You can't, um, make <laughs> I'm not doing it.
4: My, I I have a, it's really hard on paper to not pick Minnesota so preseason, I was really high on Minnesota and I felt kind of oddly like alone. I thought a lot of people were like, really? I think they had a, like a fantastic offseason um, and it took them a little bit. They started off really rough. If you remember, they started off with like four losses to to begin was the season. Weird. Um Since June 19th, it is September 23rd, about to be the 24th since June 19th. Minnesota has lost three games. Those three games were to Las Vegas and then Connecticut twice. Hmm. This team yeah. is much better than everybody is giving them credit for. They are the three seed and nobody's talking about how good Minnesota is. They're, and, and if you look at the margin of victory in these games, they don't have one possession wins most of their victories are by eight plus points, uh, you know, going all the way back uh, to the early part of the season. This is a very good team, very good team that nobody's giving their due. Um, I think in our prediction episode that we just got done releasing, I put Minnesota in the finals because I think they're that good. Um, That being said, Chicago, we saw today, During stretches of this game, Chicago looks about as good as any team can look. um, You know, through through certain stretches, I don't know.
2: there's anything more indicative of this squad of like exactly? (laughs) Like
4: like like who are you getting today? They they're so inconsistent. They looked so dominant through portions of this game against Dallas tonight, and then all of a sudden. And it seemed like that was the the case during the season, right? They'd come through, they'd have like a three game stretch where they were just like so good. And then they'd lose to like Indiana and Atlanta across like a three game stretch. And you were just like, what is, what's going on with Chicago? So Minnesota is much more consistent. They've been more dominant and they don't lose to anyone outside of Las Vegas and Connecticut. Like they, they're so good. My que- and, I, have a question uh, quick I would about be terrified losses. to play Minnesota.
2: How many of those yeah. were at home?
4: Uh, zero of them. In yeah. fact, Cur- nobody has a better home record. <laughs> yeah, nobody has a better home record in the league other than Connecticut. Minnesota has the second best home record in the league. We're playing in Minnesota. Like, they're, they're nine and one over their last 10 games. Like, I would be terrified if I was anybody in the playoffs, maybe outside of Connecticut, Connecticut. I'd still feel really confident if I'm Connecticut, anybody else, I would, Minnesota is my second team that I do not want to play in the playoffs. And, uh, and Chicago is going to meet them face first on Sunday and I can't wait for it.
2: Yeah. um, My question is if I'm the sky, if I'm to pull off this upset, what must happen?
3: Mm. You have to keep Clarendon from moving the ball. Like I, I think there's so many players. I, I know that's weird to say because like, usually it's like shut the scoring of X player down. There's so many players on Minnesota that can score in bulk. You have powers, you have McBride who can go off and make it the night. You've got Sylvia Fowles who is actually making me question my take from a second ago because maybe Fowles <laughs> can be the best player in this game. Um, she absolutely has potential to be that. Um, but their their main distributor is Clarendon. I I feel like she. I mean, I don't have numbers for you on that, but you look down the list on ESPN and like her and Dangerfield split. You know, leading the team in assists any given night, and, and that's I I think she keeps that offense humming. And obviously, you have to deal with fouls on the defensive end. I I think Chicago is going to have no problem scoring in this game. So I'm I'm predicting a high scoring matchup. Um, but I you you have to. Drive that assist number down. You have to force them to play ISO ball and kind of get away from the offense they like to run. Because if they get into a groove at home, like I'll just point out, like they just they don't lose at home and they don't generally I like lose that, in the playoffs.
4: I like that Clarendon take a lot. Um, ever since Clarendon joined Minnesota, they have had as big an impact on this team as anybody else. Um, you know, uh, since they joined the team, it's basically been. Like W's. Like you very rarely see Minnesota <laughs> to, take an L to the point, since Clarendon joined the squad. I,
3: I think they've been thought of as like one of the teams on the outside looking in for most of the year because it's been yeah. Connecticut, Seattle, Vegas in some order. I think, like you said, I think they're in two. Like we're all scared to death of Connecticut, but we don't have to deal with them yet. I, I think they're better than Vegas right now. They, I think so too because if you take so away... Strong. If you take away
4: that current Lynx roster, that first four year, losses, yeah, 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 yeah. They, like they played so poorly to start the season, and to and when Clarendon joined in, all of a sudden they've been, all uh, you know, they've looked as good as Connecticut has, you know. I, I think they're they're my number two scariest team right now. In yeah. no I think way they're better do I Vegas. consider them
3: a dark horse contender or an underdog contender until, like, if if they match up against Connecticut, I'll be like, alright, Connecticut's playing the best basketball of anybody right now. But Even then, I, like, if they win it all and you look at their roster and they're, like, hoisting
2: the trophy, you're going to be like, oh, why didn't yeah. I think about them being I,
3: content? Because, like, I,
2: it's obvious. I mean it when I look at this roster, especially because their depth is what helps them there. You've got Natalie Chunwa getting her legs back, which is I think going to help that, uh, mm. this even more, which is frightening. It, this is an ironic analogy because the links, the animal is a cat, but it legitimately is, is It's like watching a pack of dogs. Like it is physically <laughs> frightening when they get their rhythm. Um, like a vicious team that can overwhelm you. They're conditioned. They score efficiently. They're Connecticut's really close. I might call them the best defensive team in the league. It's a close call. Um, it, this, is just on a level that is uh immense. And we talk about fee. We talk about fouls. No one seems to be talking about how Caleb McBride has been one of the <laughs> most efficient scorers in the entire league. It just happens to I be there. Me, it, me, this roster is at, at such an intense level. It would, you're going to need the, the, the Like, Chicago's going to need a Cunningham-esque type of experience. Like, someone's going to need to catch them by surprise and pull this off because I think Minnesota is just that good. I think I don't think they're looking past this game, but I think they understand that they have a lot more to accomplish. So I'll cut right into it. If anyone wants to dissent, you can. This, to me, just feels like a very comfortable Minnesota win. Like, I see this uh, being... Probably a ten point differential at the very least. Ooh, I could see Chicago. Kind of similar to what Chicago did to Dallas. I could see them keeping it within two to three scores throughout the night, and then the wheels just come off part way I'm through the fourth. Um, <clears throat> and that's kind of where I see it. So I could see them coming and firing. Be a potentially close thing. You know that Parker's going to come in with a lot of energy. She's going to want to play well. You know that she loves that building. She loves she revels in how much Minnesota fans hate her <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> she's going to love uh, coming up and, and playing into that. Copper's got good energy. I think that roster has a lot in them. Um, but once Minnesota is in a position where they know that they can flip the switch and call it, they'll call it. So I, I think this will be a fairly comfortable Lynx victory. I'm curious what different takes you guys have as far as predictions. I, I have,
3: all four quarters wire to wire being a two possession game. Like, or less. Okay. Like, it, it's, it just feels like one of those like, like it's gonna fluctuate between four and seven points or something. And and every time it gets to like, oh, it's tied, we're gonna freak out. And then they'll, I think the Lynx will be able to push it back a little bit. I've watched my own team play from behind in so many of those games that I know how tense they can be. Um, but <laughs> I, I think the whole way is just gonna be, Chicago's going to be looking for that run and Minnesota's going to be having to, you know, having to answer and continue to, to hold them in arm's reach and be the better team. I do have Minnesota winning, but I have it closer to like a six point victory. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, probably like 90, we'll call it 93 to 87, which is something I just pulled out of my butt, but like it's going to be up there. I think maybe it might be one of those games where it's like the first one to a hundred wins, like both teams are just going to be scoring at will and. Could you know it could be something like that, or maybe Fowles is playing really well on the defensive end, and it's a little more of a grind. But
2: I guess I just way, haven't. I think it's going to be
3: like real close.
2: I just, I guess, I just haven't seen enough evidence to make me comfortable in saying Chicago can pull off that level of energy for four quarters. Like I don't trust that. Ro- it seems I, like I, a roster right now that as soon as there's a blip on the radar, as soon as they trip over a crack in uh-huh. the sidewalk the frustration lies in and they, they tend to get off kilter. I don't think the game will blow up. Like I, I just see a similar scenario to what, how things ended with them against Dallas of, I think they're, they're within arm's reach, but I see by the end of the night, it, it like, it's just kind of the gas will run out. I I I know you guys have all
3: watched games like this, where Mm -hmm. after a game uh, where it's like so close, as soon as it gets like eight or 10 points, it feels insurmountable. Yeah. So, oh, like, it's, you know, I, I, th- and then I think that's kind of what Steve was saying, like, by the end of the game, if Chicago runs out and, and Minnesota's defense finally puts the clamps down, like, maybe that's how, maybe that's how it ends. But it, it certainly feels like a game where, like, a, f- a five or seven point run is like, ooh,
2: like, like, in a different yeah. game, that the might game- be like a ten point run. The game might as well end with five minutes left, but that, that last five minutes will propel the difference in score to a lot more than it maybe needs now to
3: Now I am I am banking on a big um like I think Kalia Copper will be great again, but I am banking on a big Candace Parker performance. She took fifteen shots against Dallas, she only made five, she ended up with eleven and fifteen. Um I think she's gonna be obviously needed on the on the defensive end quite a bit, maybe that'll gas her. But I expect more offense from Candace in this one. I don't think they're ready to go home. In fact, I, I should get this taken now because it's the best time to do so. Um, I think if Chicago loses before the semifinal round, their season is a failure. And I, I think (laughs) the players in the locker room believe that. So I, you know, I, I think they're going to play with their hair on fire in this.
2: They're they're, To me, they're a D minus at coming in at 500 with the energy that people gave them. They're, it, they have every right to be quite mad at how the system is right now. Yeah, I don't I, know what that I translates to change-wise or what they do with the roster, this, that, or the other. I have no idea. I, um, if I were – I mean, I am a Sky I'm, – again, I'm wearing my hat. I, I like the Sky team a lot. If they don't have
3: a good showing in the semifinal round, like if they get blanked 3-0, I'm not a happy camper. Um, the way that they came into this season, the expectations that They were, were set,
2: nearly in odds on finals favorite. Yeah, I I think you need to not only
3: get to the final four, but you need to show something, or there needs to be some some hard decisions in the offseason. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah.
2: I, as far
4: no, as I was just to say, as far as uh, if this was a five game series, I give Chicago about a three percent chance of advancing out against Minnesota. <laughs> oh, wow. Like I, I mean that, like, because of Chicago's inconsistency and Minnesota's absolute dominance through the vast majority of the season, um Minnesota is they're they're just that team. Now, what's scary is this is not a series, this is a single elimination game, and unfortunately, a single elimination elimination games, anything can happen. I mean, we just about saw a, a New York Liberty team who looked terrible, probably didn't deserve to be in the playoff space on how they've been playing for the back half of the season, like looked so bad, come in and almost take out a a blazing hot Phoenix Mercury team in one game. It came down to a single point so that I, I hesitate to make a huge bold prediction on Minnesota's side. However, um, I'm going to temper my expectations and make it only about uh 90% chance that Minnesota wins this uh, and probably wins it by 15. Oh, wow. um, like uh, that's a tempered expectation. I'm that high in Minnesota and I'm, I, I, and I'm just going to be open about it. When, when Chicago wins on Sunday, you all can come at me on Twitter and, and give me all the hate and that's fine. I'm a true believer in this Minnesota squad. And uh, and I think they are my I think they're my favorites uh, to make the finals along with the Connecticut Sun. And so if I truly believe that they should be able to handle a a, a five hundred level team. Gosh dang so it! Well, I, I would love that
2: finals matchup. I I the the Bruiser on Bruiser matchup would be freaking fun. I no we I we deserve that. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good times. That'd be a good slugfest. Good basketball. I love it. Um, It'll be a good finals, no matter who's who's paired up, most likely. <laughs> but I, that just would be fun as hell. Uh, l- let's get this out really fast right now. I'm not want to turn this into a discussion, and I honestly don't think it's anything anyone refutes with. I just, I, I after tonight, um, man, whatever we got to do to retire this one and done business, I for me, it's time. <laughs> Even if it's just a three game series to open things up. I have my feeling on how the the playoffs should be structured. I don't think anyone would agree with my feeling probably, but um I just don't maybe if you want to do the first round playing, I guess. But man, I'm watching that Phoenix sure. New York game and I'm like, you're not telling me you don't want to see at least one this one more time. Like I just 100%. Uh, it sucked. It's like I want one more I, I shot. I feel the there. exact
4: same way. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think, I think
4: if you are, I don't think that only the top two seeds should be guaranteed a series. If you're the number three team right now, like Minnesota, you shouldn't have to face a single elimination, quote unquote wild card type yeah, game. I, I get I you that you get a first round by, but it's basically you're just delaying the shot of a one and done. So I, I, if we want to take, First round, a single elimination wild card of seeds five through eight. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to argue that. I'd want more, but I understand that there's a limit to how much season, you know, Logan brought this up. You can't like have five and seven game series all the way through or else you're going to have a longer post game or post season than you did actual regular season. Um, so I get that. So if you want to do first round, great, but the second round See, in a th- perfect the world three and four. In a seeds. perfect
2: world, I'm fine with that because I would just tack on then make yeah. <laughs> season longer. Um but I, oh, right, I exactly, exactly. I, I'm be- I'm asking for the farm there, but I mean it's that's the whole thing. Is, right. right. Now, yeah. my, the, the change
3: that I would I would make that would just change things immediately is I as much as I enjoy the drama of a wild card game, like a single elimination game. With with a twelve team league, I think it's okay to let the first round be, what, what is that, the, the six through eight seed, like the bottom four seeds, like let yeah, them, five, let five them fight eight. it out. But after that, to, to your point, the three and four seeds should not be susceptible to a one-game elimination. There's a reason Yeah, okay, football is a weekly sport, so it's its own thing, but there's a reason that like no other professional sport allows its best teams the opportunity to get like snake bit on one bad night and then not be quite opposite. But the whole point yeah. of a playoff series is that you want the best team to win out. Um, and I, I think a best of three is still a fair ask. Yeah. If you're an underdog like Dallas or the Liberty yeah. and you sneak game one tonight, let's say either of those teams win tonight, you, you know, win one of the next two and you get to progress and you get to make the deep run and that's fun. Um, like it's doable. It, it's not as tall of an ask as winning four, but right. it, it should be a little something. You know, I, I I realize that you can't have like a 12 team league with eight teams playing five to seven game series against one another, the whole like it's just too, you you're basically shafting four teams, like you're just like you only get half a season, basically. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, to Steve's point, more teams, more games in the regular season, more playoff games, more is better.
2: We want more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like yes. in my head, I almost consider the Capital O official playoff field is six teams and the five through eight, you have similar to the MNBA where it's play in version type. And then it's it's because then what you do when you have like the official pool be six teams is you don't allow the top two teams to get two by rounds because I don't like that. And then after that play in, it goes down to then you sequence those up. I think best of three is fair. And then I think best of five is fair. Yeah. I personally would make the finals a seven game series, but I, al- I also wouldn't mind it being a nine game series or a 40 game series. <laughs> I just, I do I like series. I, I will but, say this. I, I know we're running short on time. I do get bothered about the double buy.
3: Because I'm selfish and I wanna see the best teams play in the playoffs, not just
2: wait around to to get next after the first two. I rounds. get frustrated so, that in an eight team pool you just get the semifinals. It's just kinda of frustrating that in a four and, round and structure you what get you the do, semifinals.
3: Yeah. I, I actually like that they reseed the the, the NBA doesn't do the reseeding thing. I think it's totally fine to say, hey, if you're the underdog and you somehow get through the wild card and you upset the next team you face in a three game series you're gonna get the Connecticut Sun. Like the the Sun get like
2: some benefit. Yeah, I from like the
3: reseeding. I, I think, think that's, the reseeding has got enough hit. of a benefit without giving you an extra buy.
2: With a series I structure, by the way, reseeding is so possible with a series structure. A one-and-done structure like March Madness isn't possible for logistical purposes because then you're asking round by round a team to be like, for the next like three days, we have no idea what city you need to go to. To play one game, oh, yeah. <laughs> I get why that's not possible. I would actually say after every pot of games, like 64-32. then recede the Sweet Sixteen. I actually think that would be fine, but that's me being an idiot. Um, it also would make filling out a bracket nearly impossible. Oh, the worst! But yeah. no, I I yeah. like I like the WNBA
3: playoffs the way they are. I like that they reward the best teams. I just think they could balance it out a little more and introduce a little bit more drama entreat us to, like, I don't want the Connecticut Sun to sit on their hands for two weeks waiting for their turn to, like, prove that they're still the best team. Like, I want to see them play. So...
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I just think that that the one-and-done structure is is just a bit frustrating. And even if it goes down to three, in most cases, a best of three means you get one extra game. Like, listen, this came down to a ticky-tack foul for New York, so guess what? You get one more shot. And... Let's see if you can even it up and make oh, it interesting for a third game. Imagine. And then if you lose imagine, that game, then it's over. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Imagine if Coach Walt goes off on the officiating tonight and then they, you know, 12 hours from now, they're back in the gym at shoot around. Like, you know, we're going again. Like, <laughs> Here we go.
2: Yeah. Let's see uh, what you got means, in you. I think that's what makes nice. it interesting. That's why series structures are fun for me because it's it the narratives get to build there. I love what Derek and that that moment and everything against Chicago, but it sucks to be like Chicago doesn't get to be pissed off in the locker room and be like in game two, that doesn't happen. Like you don't get to have that narrative. You just go home and it sucks. Uh, So that's my feeling on it. I sure a lot of people feel that way too, but uh, we'll just have to, we'll have to see. Um, That said, we've taken up a heck of a lot more real estate than I think any of us were planning on. um, For for those of within our, our live Twitch, which of course you can always check us live on Twitch, when we record these episodes. Thank you for sticking around with us. But I really think that's everything uh, that we have in the running here. Is there anything else any any of y'all wanted to call out before we put a bow on this guy?
3: Just uh, just be ready for round two. It's going to come at you quick.
2: So
4: yep, we'll see you on Sunday.
2: Sunday, Sunday, we'll, we'll Sunday, there. three Eastern, five Eastern weird early games at least it's not a 9 a.m game like the nwsl championship is apparently going to be i don't know if you guys have heard about that but that's pretty crappy um they cbs gave the nwsl championship game a 9 a.m slot um thanks
3: oh and and i do there's one more thing if uh listen to the end of this episode so that you get our, our awesome like closing you know seconds here uh and then just let let your podcast roll to the next WNBA Nation episode because Rachel Ellering uh, and Steve talked for like an hour in a really awesome interview. If you haven't heard it yet, just
2: let let the good times roll. You got the weekend. Just <laughs> listen to our last couple of episodes. Go ahead and, go go ahead and for pick it. that one up. I seriously mean this when I say that's the most fun I've ever had doing an interview. And we've had some super fun interviews. Um,
4: <laughs> And shout out to Rachel for she's hanging out with us on our Twitch Rachel. stream. So if y'all want to come hang out. Uh, the, and say what's up, the queen of strong and smile. Let her know how much we appreciate herself.
2: That. Uh, it, the absolute <laughs> freaking uh, well, we're talking rock star. I, I, I almost, I'm ready to just call her a co-host, but, um, but <laughs> if she wants that's to be advantageous, go for it. Come on, on. Well, come call She's already. <laughs> Executive producer. She's already friend of the show, um,
3: but yeah, yeah if, if she if she wants to come on a second and third time, I I feel like we can just give her like, oh,
2: she's yeah. she's like, a we can't producer.
4: pay you, but you can be yeah. A, I'd say yeah i say we can't pay you, but you I can come on. Anytime. I
2: think executive producer is <laughs> a good fella. but yeah, definitely check that out. Um, check out Impact on Thursdays on Axis TV. Uh, bound for bound for glory is coming up. It's going to be in Vegas next month. Uh, Knockouts knockdown on October eighth we're just gonna we're just gonna riff on all the all the uh, impact plugs tonight but check all that out but no that interview was super uh insanely fun and 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 i hope that rachel gets rewarded with a d appearance on sunday because it's just about time uh so <laughs> we need dt yeah it's yeah especially for the seattle matchup it's gotta happen but um thank you so much for following us here for the first playoff episode we will be back uh after the next round of games and get things prepped for the semifinals. And then it's the finals. And then for goodness sake, the season's over. And then it's all the fun until then. But until all of that, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of W NBA Nation. Till we see you again. I'm Steve I'm Schwartz, Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.